0: Take your Bibles, if you will, and open them to Matthew chapter 18. Let me begin by explaining that we are changing our mission statement somewhat, and people have asked, why why are we doing that? Um, There are a couple of reasons. Um, First of all. Um, we want to make it as easy to remember as possible so that when somebody asks you, well, what is Cornerstone Baptist Church all about, it will be easy for you to remember um, uh, what we do as a church. Um, and you see the four words up there. They're actually on the wall out there across from the uh, guest connection desk. Um, uh, we gather we grow, we give, and we go. Um, uh, these are the four essentials of every church. It's it's not much different from our old mission statement, except in a small way. That first word, gather, um, uh, we gather together as the body of Christ, primarily because we believe it is through corporate worship and fellowship with Other believers that we can best show our love for God and for others. And so um, uh, the word grow equals love for God from the old mission statement. Then you have the word grow, that second word. We believe that as Christians, the Bible instructs us to grow and mature in our faith, to become um, uh, more knowledgeable and more Practicing uh, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, So, grow is equal to discipling believers. And then the third word is give. Um, uh, As mature disciples of the Lord Jesus, we want to give our time and our talents and our resources. Um, uh, to lovingly support the ministries and the programs, the activities of the church um, in order to reach out and to minister to those whom God leads into our fellowship um, uh, and to um, uh, show our love by being able to minister to people in uh, the different ways in which we are able to do that. And then the fourth word, go. Um, Our gathering and our growing and our giving should always lead to our going out and sharing the gospel with those outside our doors, people at uh, home, people in our neighborhoods, people at work, people at school, uh, people in our community, but not just people uh, on a local level, but to go Um, uh, abroad as well on mission trips uh, to various places where God leads us. So go equals sharing Jesus with those um, uh, that God puts in our path. So the only basic difference between this mission statement and the old one are the two middle words we've um, uh, uh, changed Um, disciple believers and loving others because, first of all, you have to be discipled in your walk with the Lord if you're ever going to truly express um, your love for others by giving of your time, your resources, and your talents to minister to people. And then, of course, um, going and sharing Jesus. Well, today, um, I want to start with the first word of our mission statement we're breaking into our series in Ephesians for the month of September. And we're going to go through each one of those words of our mission statement to get, help you get a better understanding of what each one of those aspects of our mission statement means for us as individual believers and as a church. Um, so we're going to talk about the word gather. Well, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 18, if you look in verse 20, where Jesus says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. The Bible clearly teaches um, and refers to Christians being gathered together as the body of Christ. So what I want you to take from the message this morning is that all members of the body of Christ are to be actively and intimately involved in a local church that gathers regularly. Um, uh, What we do on Sundays and what we do on days in between... Um, uh, They're not just things that, you know, we um, uh, came up with um, on our own. Um, There are things that uh, now, apart from the different activities and programs that um, uh, are more uh, modern in their approach and everything, but what we basically try to do through those programs and activities and ministries are things that are biblical. Um, We meet together for a specific purpose, and that purpose um, is biblical, Um, and so there are two points I want to make about our gathering as a church body. First of all, I want you to see the biblical exhortation to gather. Where do we get the idea that we are to gather together as a body of believers, as the church? Take your Bible and open it now. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and look in verses 24 and 25. The writer of Hebrews says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now we as a church are called by God to gather together in Christ's name. And all the more in light of his soon return. We gather because we love God and we love his son the Lord Jesus Christ. Now people have a thousand reasons um, to stay away from church. It's nothing new. Um, But if you understand that the reason for our gathering is to express and to show as a body of believers our love for the Lord and our love for the Lord Jesus, just like in the songs that we sang earlier, Um, there is something about being in church with the people of God, worshiping together, praising Him together, praying together, studying the Word together that is different than when we do that separate and apart. Um, But some people um, uh, just feel that church is not all that important to them. Well, this is nothing new. The early church had... Uh, A fall off in attendance uh, due to things like persecution and ostracism and apostasy and arrogance. Today persecution and ostracism may not be our experience at least in America uh, but people find other reasons to be absent from church. In a recent post um, uh, this issue was addressed by two authors, Will Mancini and David Kinnaman. And these guys listed 10 reasons from their research, 10 of the most common reasons for the decrease in church attendance today. First on the list is greater affluence. There are more affluent people today. And people with money have options technology options travel options options for their kids and as a result many are less committed to the mission of the local church second a higher focus on kids activities a growing number of kids are playing sports on teams requiring travel on weekends And parents are choosing sports over church. A third reason, more travel. With a growing economy, travel is on the rise. People feel free to be able to travel more and more on weekends to the beach or to the lake or just to go camping together uh, to spend time uh, away as a family. And when people are out of town... G- generally they tend not to be in church Now, that's not the case with everyone but normally people don't go to church when they're away especially on like a just a weekend um, uh, outing a fourth reason is blended in single parent families when the custody of a child is shared Perfect attendance for a kid or a teen might just be 26 Sundays a year because there's a trade-off. He may be or she may be with one parent one weekend and another parent the next weekend. So that's a reason. Another reason is online options. Many churches have social media presence and podcast their messages. We do that here at Cornerstone. Churches are also launching online campuses that bring the entire service to you on your phone, on your tablet, or your laptop. Um, You can sit at home and watch a live worship service. Um, A sixth reason is the cultural disappearance of guilt. Now, when I was growing up, if I wasn't in church, I felt guilty. Because I had grown up going to church every Sunday. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays. But today, I regularly run into people who haven't been to church in months. But they still claim that they love Cornerstone. They don't feel guilty. It's just the way we are today, many people. A seventh reason is self-directed spirituality in an age where we have access to everything more people are looking less to churches and pastors to help them grow spiritually and they are self-directing their spirituality for better or worse eighth reason is failure to see a direct benefit people always make time for the things they value most if they're not if they're not making time for church that tells you something even among those who love their church if declining attendance is an issue chances are it's because they don't see a direct benefit they don't see the value in being in church week after week after week a ninth reason for declining attendance is valuing attendance over engagement when someone merely attends church, and they're not—they just attend. They're not really engaged. Um, they're not in a small group. They're, they don't belong to a, a particular ministry. They—they they don't participate in uh, ver- uh, the various programs or activities of the church. They just attend. That tells you something. That—that that their only concern is showing up. On a Sunday morning Um, uh, as a result of not being engaged their faith decreases over time people that are the most engaged those who attend worship those who serve in some capacity um, those who are involved uh, in various ministries and um, activities of the church they're more likely to give they're more likely to invite others to church they're more likely to be a part of a small group they are uh, the church's most frequent attenders a tenth reason is a massive cultural shift now all of these trends speak to something deeper our culture today is shifting And along with it, so are many in the church. We have bought into Satan's lie that church is not as important as we thought. So we choose to stay away more and more. For all these reasons that these um, guys uh, researched and and, uh, uh, found that people use for not being in church... And there are probably many more than those. Those are just ten general categories. Those things right there are weakening the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Whether we want to admit it or not. Even the most committed church members are attending church less often today than ever before. Gone are the days when people attended 50 out of 52 sundays a year every church not just cornerstone is dealing with this issue if it's true um uh, that one does not have to go to church to be a christian and i certainly believe that's the case i would also say that neither does one have to go home to be married but it sure helps to frequent home as often as possible in order to get the most out of married life. Amen? You know it's true. You're just In other words, the more we attend, the more we are involved, the more we engage with our church family, the more we will ourselves appreciate what God has blessed us with. Friend, the bottom line is it's impossible to be a good Christian while voluntarily staying away from the gathered church. The writer of Hebrews reminds us of the Lord's soon return and the only place where we can remain faithful, steadfast until that time is with the people of God. We need each other. Without the church... We would not survive as believers. Um, If you don't believe that, try it for a while and see how it affects your walk with the Lord and your whole perspective on life. Laxity can destroy us. So let us beware and follow the Bible's exhortation and gather together with the people of God as often as possible now you say okay i get that rick the bible says we ought to gather together as a church but convince me why should i be in church more often than i am at present what 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 mo- what should motivate me to be in church on a regular basis to gather together with the people of god you sell me on why church is important. Well, I want to try to do that by looking at the basic elements of our gathering. Take your Bible and turn over to Acts chapter 2. What takes place among the gathered assembly? Well, according to Acts 2 verse 42, three things happened in the gathered church when where the spirit of god reigned um, uh, three basic elements through which our love for god is expressed and our faith is strengthened look look what luke records he says and they voted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers the first key element of a church's gathering is teaching. It says there, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the King James Version and the New American Standard Bible are closer to the original, and they include the word continually. It says they were continually devoting themselves. That word denotes a steadfast and single minded devotion to a certain course of action. You know, many who follow sports <clears throat> marvel at, um, uh, for instance, in the NBA, uh, they marvel at the free throw efficiency of certain players in um, uh, the NBA like uh, Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors or Chris Paul of the Houston Rockets. Steph Curry's percentage is 92.6 percent. From last season, his free throw percentage was 92.6 percent. Chris Paul of the Houston Rockets was just a little under that at 90.1 percent. Well into a game, breathing heavily, Hurting from a foul, these guys step to the free throw line and seldom miss. How do they make it look so easy? By continually devoting themselves to the task of shooting free throws. Those believers in the New Testament church understood That in order to be the best disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, in order to grow in their faith and become the best follower of Christ they could be, they needed to continually devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were hungry for truth. They could not get enough of God's word. Being filled with God's spirit... And being filled with God's word. Go together. Where the Holy Spirit reigns. A love for God. And a love for his word. Reigns in people's hearts. One of the keys. To a healthy Christian life. Is good. Sound. Biblical teaching. Paul certainly mandates such a priority. In the pastoral epistles. When he wrote. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Again, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Friend, commitment to the apostles' teaching is foundational to the spiritual health of every believer and every church. The early church continually sat under the teaching ministry of the apostles whose teaching was to be taught and is to be taught continually by pastors and Bible teachers, small group leaders. We ignore the exposition and the application of Scripture at our peril. As the warning of Hosea to Israel suggests, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Cornerstone, or any church for that matter, cannot operate on truth it is not taught, nor can a believer function on principles he or she has not learned. God designed the church, the body of Christ, To be a place where his word is preached. Where it is taught. Where it is explained. Where it is applied to people's lives. Teaching is the first key element to any Christian gathering. We gather so that we can learn from the word of God. Secondly... Not only is teaching a key element, but fellowship is as well. The believers devoted themselves continually to fellowship. Now, this fellowship did not exist prior to the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. The basic meaning of this word here is partnership or a sharing together. Either sharing something with someone or sharing in something someone else is experiencing let me see if I can explain that in a practical way when you and I are a part of a fellowship a body of believers we are part of the greater body of of the church but we're also part of the smaller body when we uh, are involved in a small group and how many of you have ever witnessed or Uh, been a part of a time in your life where there was something you were going through or you watched as someone else was going through a particular uh, difficult time and you saw how your small group or the church as a whole came together around that particular person or family and helped them through prayed for them, encouraged them, supported them. They, they became partners with them in their situation. They shared with them. They, they were able to encourage and support and uh, be a, 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 a support in which people can lean on and find strength and encouragement during a difficult time. When we receive Christ... As our Savior, God never calls us to be Lone Ranger Christians. He calls us to become members of His body. Um, we become partners with Christ, and we become partners with other believers. We stimulate one another to holiness and faithfulness and good works. When we gather for worship and Bible study and prayer. And in doing so, we mutually strengthen each other and encourage each other as we await the Lord's return. John MacArthur says this about fellowship and the importance of fellowship in the body of Christ. He says, For a Christian to fail to participate in the life of a local church is inexcusable. In fact, those who choose to isolate themselves are disobedient to the direct command of Scripture. And he quotes Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Friend, the Bible does not envision the Christian life as one lived apart from other believers. All believers are members of the body of Christ. And as such, we are partners with each other. And we are to be actively and intimately involved in the local church where God leads us as we gather together on a regular basis and we grow from that fellowship experience that God provides for us. The third element that I want you to see is worship. Now we read further These believers devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, here we see that their worship consisted primarily of two things, the breaking of bread and prayers. Consider first the breaking of bread. That's a reference to the Lord's Supper. We know that. This, this was a duty of the church, a responsibility of the church when it gathered together. Um, this was not optional. Um, our Lord commanded it of every believer. Um, uh, in celebrating the Lord's Supper, Christ and his atoning work are constantly before us, bringing, bringing our hearts Um, uh, before the Lord in joyous worship so that's one thing we celebrate the Lord's Supper secondly another way the church worship was through prayer believers engaged in individual and corporate prayer it was an integral part of their gathering A.B. Simpson said prayer is the link that connects us to God. Dr. R.A. Torrey said, When the devil sees a man or woman who really believes in prayer, who knows how to pray, and who really does pray, and above all, when he sees a whole church on its face before God in prayer, he trembles as much as he ever did, for he knows that his day in that church or community is at an end. F.B. Meyer said the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. Friends, sadly, prayer is much neglected in the church today. Programs, dramas, entertainment, special events draw large crowds. However, prayer gatherings attract only a small few. That is undoubtedly the reason for much of the weakness in the contemporary church today. Unlike the early church, we have forgotten the Bible's command to pray at all times and to be devoted to prayer, both in our individual walk with the Lord and corporately as a church. And as a result, we are less powerful and therefore less effective in reaching our world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, if you stay away from church, you will encumber your ability to glorify God in worship. Corporate worship adds an intensity of adoration that does not occur in solitude. There is something about being with the people of God And learning through teaching and enjoying the fellowship of like-minded believers. And together in prayer and praise, lifting up our hearts before the Father's throne in worship. When the Holy Spirit reigns, the hearts of believers move up toward him in worship And their relationship with him intensifies. Martin Luther spoke of this when he confided. At home in my own house, there is no warmth or vigor in me. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart and it breaks its way through. The early church knew the critical importance of being actively and intimately involved in a local assembly of believers. They took every opportunity to gather together with the people of God. Can I just say to you this morning, with the love of a pastor's heart, those excuses that I put up there on the screen are excuses that Satan has brought into each one of our lives at some point or another and has convinced us that those things are more important than being together as the people of God in worship and in fellowship before the Father. And I can I just add this? I wonder if some of what we may be dealing with today God might, be trying to get our attention because the Bible says he will not allow anything or anyone to come before him not only before him he says I am a jealous God so much I won't even allow anything to come alongside of me I Must be first in your life and I wonder if revival would break out in our hearts individually and in this church collectively if we just quit seeing church as something we must get up and go do and rather church being something that we are privileged and honored to belong to the family of God, where the people of God come together on a regular basis and lift up our hearts and our voices in praise, in unison, before the God of this world and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's why we gather, because we believe it's important for the people of God to be obedient to the exhortation of Scripture and gather together. We gather for the purpose of teaching and fellowship and worship. So next time somebody says, ah, you don't need church. It's not that big. You can be a Christian and not go to church. Say, yeah, you're right, I can. I don't believe anybody has to go to church to be a Christian. But I do believe in order to be the best Christian I can be for God and to experience all that God wants for me and from me, I want to be there as often as I can with my family of believers, worshiping and praising the one who gave his life that I might have eternal life. Pray with me. Father, I thank you.